Yo, what's up, everybody? Hey, guys. I am your host, Harry. If you can't tell today, I am excited because it's all basketball today. Woo! Well, almost all, but close enough. That was the saddest woo I've ever heard. But I'm your host, Nemo, currently a sad fish, as sad as that woo, because the U.S. Women's National Team is done for the year. Thank God for CrossFit. Um, I've decided I have a new policy of ignoring when you speak about CrossFit. So, guys, we are back in action. We are the pod you never knew you needed but can't live without. Nemo, you can go ahead and take a backseat today because it's time to drop some basketball knowledge. And your boy is up. Coach, put me in the game. Yay. I'm so excited. Look, you you need to chill. Stop hating Nemo because I'm going to throw you back in that small fish tank. Um, Today, we get to talk about the greatest sport that's ever existed. Huh. I didn't see soccer on the recording notes. Did you, did you forget to take your meds this morning? You know you're extra delusional when you forget to take them. Is that a HIPAA violation? You mentioning my meds? Like, why are we friends? You've literally been nice to me like three times since we lost to Japan in 2011. Hey, I am not a medical practitioner. I did not take the Hippocratic Oath. So I'm not in a HIPAA violation and it doesn't even matter because I'm always nice to you. So whatever. Uh, You're delusional, but don't 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 think that means I'm going to take it easy on you today. Nemo's about to get dunked on today. I think you're so excited you get to say the word bowda. But the day you dunk on me (laughs) is the day that my kid brother learns how to be competitive. So otherwise, not a day that exists every day. Nope. <laughs> we both know which brother I'm talking about, and it's not the little, little one. <laughs> Anyways, we're talking NBA, NCAA, WNBA, and I'm talking MMA. Uh, Nemo's going to give y'all a preview of the best fights done the year, uh, you know, because she doesn't want to watch basketball or football, and she needs something to occupy her time when there's no US WNT games going on. Says the guy who chose Bayern versus Dortmund over football. I don't want to hear it from you. I mean, all we can do is blame you for getting my priorities all out of whack. I know, because now we have a bet. We should probably check in on that wager. We definitely need to find out uh, and decide what embarrassing thing you're going to do when you inevitably lose. Yeah, that's not going to happen either. I can't wait until we have a studio and you can see my eye roll. You've been rolling your eyes at me uh, for seven years now, so I think I'm pretty immune at this point. So guys, suit up for tip-off. This is Sports Grounds with Harry and Nemo. You know what, Harry? I'm not gonna lie, I've had a, I'm having a love-hate relationship with automatic coffee makers these days. Why is that? Uh, my Keurig was always a lifesaver for me. Yeah, not a not a Keurig. The you know the old school ones that people can set to auto brew. Mine decides that it wants to explode via the filter in the morning. Um, if you go like one millimeter over halfway of the filter, so I woke up this morning, make my coffee, and. The little warning or not warning. uh, What do you call it? 
the little beep that lets you know the coffee's ready goes off. So I'm excited, right? I'm trying to get out the door to go to work, pull it off, and it's still dripping and there's coffee everywhere and it didn't brew right. The coffee was too bitter. I feel like it was such a waste of the bag that I have because, I mean, I probably used a good portion of it, right? Because I brewed maybe eight cups in the coffee maker this morning and it was just super bitter and not great. And it was totally user error, you know, for whatever reason, I didn't measure properly. And there's a reason that I French press instead of use a drip coffee maker. Well, one, I think I'm a little bit worried that you might have a little bit of blood in your coffee stream at this point. Um, You know, blood in my coffee stream or coffee in my bloodstream. You know what I said? I, I do. We can run it back. Definitely said blood in your coffee stream, which is gross. I'm not a vampire hair. <laughs> Vom. You might be with how much you drink coffee versus anything else. Yeah, we can address my coffee problem in the. D- Nemo, is there a fire issue I might have to worry about your safety with? I don't actually mean explode via fire, weirdo. I just mean, you know, like volcanic eruption. Of coffee grounds. It's just very annoying. Gotcha. Just doesn't well, excuse, excuse me for being concerned about, you know, my podcast partner's safety. I'm not really worried about you. I'm just worried about the success of this pod. You know, we both know that you're just trying to sound like you're more concerned than you really are when we talk throughout the day. So I'm glad the listeners are <laughs> buying your bullshit. But speaking of coffee exploding and volcanoes and heat and. <sighs> Let me have the segue, okay? But this is uh, something I thought you might be very disappointed in me with. I just was informed today because the hotel we're at has a French press. And, you know, we had breakfast brought to our room and I poured myself some coffee in the French press. I was told that I burn my coffee. And I guess I just drink burnt coffee and I've learned to enjoy that. Okay, I need you to rewind a second for me. You burn your coffee in the French press. What do you do? Let it steep for 25 minutes? No, but I let it I let the water fully boil before I pour it in. Yeah, it's one of those weird things about French press. If you don't boil your water to the correct temperature, it'll come out really bitter and burnt. I mean, at least my coffee maker might have exploded, but at least I know how to brew coffee in a French press, in a coffee maker. Wait, do you not remember a couple, a couple of months ago, I literally told you that I had to YouTube how to use a French press? Okay, this is new to me. So the engineer, is everyone listening? The engineer had to YouTube how to use a French press. Like actually how to physically push it down and where the beans go. So for all the European listeners out there, yes, the American education system is that bad. Can't even teach a kid how to use a French press. I'm sorry. I've always just used I've always just used a Keurig, you know, just hit a button and I got my copy. Basic. You're. You're turning off all of our coffee sponsors. They're not going to want to sponsor us because you don't know anything about coffee. 
Whatever. Great, hey. Already off on a bad note. I will just go cry into my iced, you know, mocha frappuccino from Starbucks. There you go. You know, just just stick to your basicness. This is what happens when I let you take over the pod. You know, yeah, you okay, bragged okay. about it being all basketball and we're already off to, you know, two bad coffee experiences. I don't know well, how much you know more I can take, my friend. Since we're off basketball right now, let's stay off basketball and mention um, Le'Veon Bell did not report to the Steelers today. So he forfeits his entire season. He's given up his $7 million salary for this year because he didn't want to play under the franchise tag. And next year, um, if y'all are not super uh, versed in NFL uh, CBA negotiations. Um, he can be franchise tagged for a third year next year, but it would be under the quarterback tag and he'd be paid the average of the top five quarterback salaries in the NFL. So he's given up $7 million for the chance at 25 or the chance at a long-term contract. And they've been, those quarterback contracts have been outrageous as of late. I mean, even if the quarterback is subpar. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a topic we can jump into a little bit earlier or later um, because I have very strong feelings that if you pay your quarterback $25 million, um, unless you're Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, you're not going to win a Super Bowl. Right now, the formula of winning a Super Bowl is having a quarterback on your rookie quarter, on your rookie contract. Um, so you pay him $7 million a year and then stack the offensive line, stack the defense. That's how you win a Super Bowl. Point notwithstanding. Um, I think that Harry doesn't actually know how to win a Super Bowl because he's a Houston Texans fan and they shit the bed when it comes to the playoffs every year. So, hey, I was I was a Texas 5A quarterback in high school. OK, I know. how to. Hey, play don't football. you have the record for most interceptions and or fumbles in a season? Why do you have to why do you have, why do you have to just shit on my glory like that? I couldn't not take the swing off the tee. You literally placed it right there. It's like you brought in a major league baseball player to play t-ball with a bunch of five-year-olds. That's what you get. Fun fact. When I was little, I struck out in t-ball. But... <laughs> Baseball's not your thing. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's chill. They only make like they only have massive contracts. It's fine. Other than that, what good are they? She's just salty that I'm not that good at baseball, so I can't move her over to Europe, too. Yeah, that's what it is. Totally. Because I'm not soccer obsessed or anything. Weirdo. All right, we're getting off topic. Let's go back to Le'Veon Bell. Um, Yeah, how did you feel about him holding out Nemo? Because I know it's a very controversial topic, and a lot of people have what I would consider pretty opposite views on this topic as they do in things in their lives, which is a topic. I mean, we will get into that later this week um, with some more research and evidence, but just know this, this is something that we're going to dive into. Yeah. I think if we, you know, just as a surface reaction, I think a lot of people who are mad are mad that they drafted him in their fantasy league in the hopes that he'd show up in week eight, week nine. And now they're salty that they've wasted a roster spot for 
10 weeks. Um, I also think that people are jaded when it comes to contracts, especially for professional athletes. I don't know a lot of people who are pro the massive sports contracts that athletes like NFL players make, um, NBA players make. So my viewpoint is there's a lot of people who are just being negative Nancy's about it because they don't understand. I'm very much on the side of the athlete on this one. I'm all for Le'Veon Bell holding out and getting his money because, you know, I think people have a misconception about the length of NFL players careers and especially now all that we know about CTE and everything going on there, the kind of wear and tear that this puts on their body. They're essentially, they're performing for our entertainment. They wouldn't be able to make that kind of money if there wasn't a demand for it in the market. So if you're mad about it, then just stop watching it. And then well, maybe I, I you'll completely make agree. On those massive contracts. I completely agree. And here's my question. None of these people are mad when Joe down, you know, at the factory asks for more money at his job. They see, they see the millions and they seem to think that changes, uh, you know, the fact that when you believe you're worth more, you should ask for more. You should demand more. Yeah, I agree. I think it's something where the same principle applies across any profession. If you're personally, this, the sector that I work in, I work in public, the public sector. So I don't get to go to my boss and say, I think I'm worth more. I don't get to negotiate my salary. So if you're talking about a private industry, which football is, you have every right to go to your employer and say, this is what I'm producing for you. This is what other people in my field are producing. This is how much they're making. This is how much I'm making. This is how much I'm making you in revenue, in jersey sales and ticket sales, et cetera. This is how much you're paying me and I want a bigger piece of the pot. Yeah, exactly. And you would do that as a doctor, as a lawyer, as a CEO. When wouldn't you do that? And if you're upset that they're making, if you're upset that he thinks at $7 million that he is better than that. Think about this. Le'Veon Bell is one of the five best people in the world at what he does. In any other profession, what do the five best people at it make? I promise you it's a lot more than $7 million. I think another thing that people get really hung up on is the massive contract numbers that people see when news breaks for an NFL contract. But I think a lot of the general public doesn't realize none of that, not all of that money is guaranteed. Right. So his con, I think potentially he could have, he lost out on 14 or 15 million this season with his extra incentives and everything else that was built into his contract. So when you see these big price tags, like, do you remember Sam Bradford's contract? Um, he was the last the, quarterback, the, the, the NFL that, thief. He stole six years worth of contracts from NFL teams. Get your money, get your money and chill on that sideline, boy. Let's do it. (laughs) 
He, um, I think his guaranteed money as a rookie was like 54 or $56 million. That was the year before Cam Newton was drafted and the NFL put in place that rule to where rookies couldn't make more than X amount. Yeah, he, Sam Bradford was the this last guaranteed money. Yeah. So Sam Bradford was the last on non-rookie cap deal. So I think if people are going to get mad about something when it comes to salaries for professional sports, first of all, you have to look at it through an accurate lens, looking at it through a lens of comparing what they make to doctors and teachers and other people and other professions is not accurate because to have that conversation, you really have to have a conversation about how we value people in other professions. So you, you need to look at what somebody is willing to pay you, period. Full stop. I mean, we're a capitalist country. That's just how our country works. It's pretty much how the world works. If you want more, make yourself more valuable. I think you have to take that out of the equation when you're analyzing this issue. I think you have to look at it in the way that NFL players do not have fully guaranteed contracts. So they're looking out for themselves. So baseball players have incredibly large contracts. When we when we really dive into maybe like the political ideals behind this and and we really take a deep dive into it, we can look at we should look at the Major League Baseball contracts and the NBA contracts. I mean, NBA players have, I want to say, probably the best contracts because there's only, what, 12 men on a roster. So it's incredibly hard to break into the NBA. Yeah, the, the NBA as a whole has had less people play games for them. Uh, than the NFL has this year. Like there are more NFL players that have played in the game this year than NBA players that have seen game time in NBA history. And again, it comes down to demand, right? If you really have an issue with these contracts, then you need to take away the demand for the entertainment value. You need to take away the demand for primetime spot you need you you probably need to eliminate fantasy football is your biggest is your biggest thing because people are going to keep watching and investing as long as they have big money on the line in these fantasy in these fantasy leagues and you know what these salaries are just going to keep growing because gambling sports gambling just got made legal this year these are gonna there is a bubble that's gonna burst and they're gonna skyrocket so mickey mantle mickey mantle and babe ruth didn't make the massive major league baseball contracts that you see nowadays. I don't remember. Do you remember off the top of your head when big NFL contracts came into play? Do you remember who is the player who? So actually NFL NFL has kind of gone backward since then. Um, those big contracts aren't happening anymore um, because like you said, when Sam Bradford got his deals um, back in those days before that, the rookie scale teams that had the first overall pick Sometimes we're looking to trade it because they didn't want to pay the guy that they thought was going to go number one overall that year. That's why when I said earlier, now the the blueprint for a Super Bowl is to have a quarterback on a rookie deal is because of the rookie scale. It's literally changed the landscape of the NFL, and we are starting to see it. We've been starting to see it since Russell Wilson won the Super Bowl in 2012 with the Seahawks. That was the blueprint. I, I don't disagree with your take on that. I'm just giving you shit because it's fun. Um, I agree. I But you're also seeing more players who were playing on those rookie deals hold out. It Wide receivers, running backs. 
I mean, to be honest, I don't think we've had a quarterback enter the league who was good enough to hold out. You know, has been good enough to hold out. <laughs> I mean, can you think of the last? And okay, so Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, two of the best quarterbacks in football in the past mm, six, seven years. Both of them were late draft picks. Well, Aaron Rodgers wasn't a super Aaron Rodgers wasn't, but Tom Brady, we all know the story was a six round draft pick. I think because he went to the University of Michigan is another reason I hate him. So actually, here's the thing. I think Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Tom Brady in every way quarterbacking happens. But agreed. Um, Tom Brady had Bill Belichick, but also Tom Brady has we have to give him credit that he has taken pay cuts throughout his career to pay his teammates, to get, to get that offensive line, to get that defensive player that makes a difference. And Aaron Rodgers, like I will never hate on a guy for taking the money, but he took the money and you see the effect that has on your team. Although it does help that uh, Tom Brady is married to a woman that makes way more than he does. So it's not as hard to take that pay cut for him. Exactly. I think Tom Brady sponsorships outside of football. I, I think Aaron Rodgers state farm money probably, you know, is up there with Tom Brady's Gillette money these days. But but what about the Giselle money? OK, but if you're taking let's look at just football players across the NFL, right? Let's take Giselle out of it. I think that is a percentage of the pie. But I don't want to use that as a factor in analyzing this specific situation. Um, the amount of money that a professional athlete can make outside of their sport is going to be a determining factor on their contract. If they can make more money outside of football or basketball, then they're going to be more inclined to take a pay cut on the field for that work because. Their livelihood is really going to end up depending on what they can do outside of it to an extent. Now, I think you get into this whole thing where you don't get those endorsements if you're not performing on the field. But for Tom Brady, he can perform on the field with his revolving roster that he has. I mean, I really couldn't tell. He hasn't had a really solid court receiving court for a couple of years now. I mean, yeah, he had. Yeah, he, he has he has Edelman. He has Josh Gordon. He has Gronk. But well, he has Josh Gordon now. But I'm saying over the past two, three years, have you looked at the Patriots receiving core and been like, OK, it's been consistent for three years. It hasn't. Edelman's been they the most consistent guy on that Gronk, roster. Rob Gronkowski is the, the time. The last three years, he wasn't. Gronk is hurt all the time. Before this year, he had a solid couple of years stretch where he was healthy. And Gronk is the greatest tight end of all time. So I think people overplay um, Brady's lack of receivers. Brady had the greatest receiver of all time. Because let me tell you, you're going to hit on Jerry Rice later. I'm going to hit on Jerry Rice right now. Talent-wise, there have been three receivers that have been more talented than Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice just did 90% greatness for 20 years. Whereas he didn't hit that 100% greatness like Randy Moss did. Well, Jerry Rice is also a notorious douchebag. And like philanderer and womanizer and like serial cheater on his wife. Jerry Rice is not a good dude. Jerry Rice is not a good dude. I'm not a fan, which only makes his comments 
that much more frustrating. But even wanna, though he was right, I want to wrap up. We're you're so full of shit. <laughs> Let's wrap up Le'Veon Bell before we okay, go no, into Bell was this is why it's uh, very nuanced. Is while I support him and I think he made the right decision for himself by holding out. I think it absolutely backfired and hurt him more than it helped him because James Conner is a revelation. The Steelers know they don't need him and it's going to absolutely hurt his next contract. Like I support, he did the right choice by sitting out. It just backfired. I don't think he needs to be with the Steelers to get the contract that he deserves or to structure a contract. You know, maybe he plays on a one or two year contract somewhere else and it's still more money than he was going to get with Pittsburgh. And he might have to slough it out a little bit longer to get that money that he really deserves. But it's in the end of the day, there's going to be another running back who comes up and gets big money. Who's going to help his contract negotiation in two years if he goes on a short term deal. So I'm not super worried about him. I'm very I'm all for Le'Veon Bell holding out. I think it's not a big deal when players hold out. I think the people who bitch and complain about it are selfish because they have a vested interest through their fantasy team or, you know, I'm just going to say it. Maybe there's some underlying racial bias there. We'll dive deeper into that kind of idea later, but, 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 but but tell me, tell me why else you would support the wallet of your white billionaire owner instead of, you know, the people that put their bodies on the lines for the game. Just food for thought until we, you know, have solidified all arguments to make. Swish it around your mouth a little bit. Taste it, you know, develop your own opinion on it. But at the end of the day, you're paying your hard-earned money to watch the players on the field. You're not paying your hard-earned money to debate owners' decisions. Owners who, my dad always tells me when I get mad about my team losing or a player I love having a bad game, they don't care about you. They don't know you. Well, a player is cares way more about their fans than an owner does. So when you're siding on the side of the owner, maybe step back and think about the fact that they don't give a shit about you. And if you disagree, can you leave us a comment about why you love Jerry Jones? Because I would love to hear that argument. You're probably an Al Davis fan, too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, since you got me heated here. Oh, Nemo, are you warmed up? Are you warmed up? Because we're we're not done yet. I know we're not. We're not. We haven't even scratched the surface. (laughs) So it's no. uh, Since we talked about football, bring us into Jerry Rice. What do you say to piss you off today? Well, I'm a hardcore New York Giants fan. Been raised a hardcore New York Giants fan my whole life. I know my Giants have been struggling. I forgive you for. Says the guy who roots for the Houston Texans. (laughs) But whatever. They've been struggling for the past couple of years. If you look at the talent that they have as far as their offensive firepower, you're kind of wondering why something's not clicking. Very clearly, it's the offensive line. Um, Eli's definitely on the tail end of his career and he's going to need more protection. Eli's had shit protection for most of his career, to be honest. I think his best offensive line was, I would argue since I've been watching 2011, the 07, 
08. Oh, I would say it was in that stretch from when they beat the Patriots the first time in February of 2008 to when they beat the Patriots the second time in February of 2012. And yes, I do have both dates marked on my calendars, anniversaries to celebrate and gloat. Anyway, Jerry Rice came out and said, I don't think Eli Manning's a Hall of Fame quarterback. All right, Jerry, take a step back here, my friend. You want to throw, he wants to throw Drew Brees into the Hall of Fame, which I'm not disagreeing in saying Drew Brees isn't a Hall of Fame quarterback. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you, are you literally saying Eli Manning belongs in the same breadth of speech as Drew Brees? I'm sorry. How many Super Bowls does Drew Brees have? Uh, how many of the okay? How many uh, of those Super Bowls was Eli Manning the sole reason they won? Do you want to go back and look at all the fourth quarter, last minute game winning drives he's made over his entire career? No, they won those two Super Bowls because the front, the defensive front four of their, uh, you know, their defensive line got pressure without blitzing. That's how you beat Tom Brady. That's how you beat him for 16 years. They just did it the best. It wasn't Eli. And they have, and they have two Super Bowls for it. You don't win those games. You don't beat Tom Brady if you're not putting points on the board. Nemo, Nemo. Eli is not, Nemo. Eli is not perfect. At, at, at their peak, are, te- are you telling me that you would, do you think, do you think your Giants would have been better if the same team was there, you just replaced Eli with Drew Brees? I think they st- they wouldn't have won more Super Bowls, no. Bullshit. You think if the Giants had Drew Brees, they'd be winning a Super Bowl every year? Nah, you're crazy. The Giants have no run game. I think from 07 been- to 11, they could win three Super Bowls with Drew Brees. Because that defense was the best defense over in the NFL from that stretch. I would like to think that they could, but they've had a running back by committee for years. They're miss. They're missing so many different pieces of their game. You're crazy. I, I am absolutely flabbergasted right now. You think Eli Manning is a better quarterback in a vacuum than Drew Brees? Jesus effing Christ! Did I say that? Did I say that? I didn't say he was a better quarterback than Drew Brees. That didn't come out of my mouth. Stop putting words in my mouth because you're a pissy and on a high horse because you think you know more than me. You don't give a shit about the New York Giants, so you don't even study their stats. So sit your ass down. But I think Drew Brees is one of the top five quarterbacks in NFL history that's ever played the game of football. He's a great quarterback. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But if you look at Eli's numbers and his stats and what he's had to deal with over the course of his career and being consistent and being there, Jesus Christ, people want to put Tony Romo in the fucking Hall of Fame. Those Tony people are, Romo yes. is one of the Cowboys worst fans. quarterbacks I've ever seen in my people. life. No, there's, there's other Tony Romo fans behind b- besides Cowboy fans. I'm a Tony Romo fan, but I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Oh, God. You want to talk about character flaws? That's probably one of your biggest character flaws. And that's saying something. Uh, let's be real. She NFL commentators suck. Tony Romo is one of the best NFL commentators. Right now. That's great, but he's a cowboy, so I'm forever destined to dislike him. Regardless, even though I'm not a delusional Eli Manning fan, he's not the best quarterback that the Giants could have. Definitely not. Has Eli but Manning in his career his ever resume? been one of the three best quarterbacks in the, in the league? 
when he won his freaking two Super Bowls, bitch. Okay, okay, okay. He beat the Let's best, he beat the quote unquote <laughs> best no, quarterback. No, no. Two Super Bowls, 2007. That was the year Tom Brady was perfect. That was the year yeah, Peyton was close to perfect. That was the year Philip Rivers was probably the best quarterback in the league that year. I'm so glad we had Eli and not Philip Rivers. Dear God, shoot me. So, 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 which one? Oh, the, oh also, it was uh, Brett Favre fucking tearing it up. So, of the... Hey, did they win? The, Eli better than... They won their Super Bowls? They won their Super Bowls? Football is a team of 52 people. Tell me that one person... Football is not basketball. Football is not basketball. You, one person... I'm to the point now where I'm just going to say stuff to make me mad. I'm uh, you're so uh, mad you're so mad that your audio is literally cutting in and out right now uh, we're spending way too much time on this the point is Jerry Rice is stupid and the way that we judge Hall of Fame across Hall of Fame candidates across sports these days resumes matter and numbers matter so let's just say I don't agree with Nemo on this take and leave it at that you want to leave it at that? You've been yelling at me for five minutes. I think everybody knows you don't want to just leave it at that. We all heard it. We all heard you throw a tantrum. It was great. You know you my tantrum. One? And that wasn't even close. Oh, I know, but we're about to get into one. Because <laughs> <laughs> now you get to take the reins, bud. Let me just sit back, throw my hands up over my head. And you can break down the Warriors drama for me. Let's go. Okay. Greatest thing ever. Terrible sound effect. Uh, it looks like we are seeing dysfunction in the Golden State Warriors franchise uh, because Draymond Green does not know how to act like a adult human being. And Kevin Durant has underdeveloped emotional maturity as a five-year-old. Okay, was that ever up for a debate, though? Because I'm pretty sure Draymond Green is the guy who showed his, you know, little franken beans to the entire world via Snapchat because he doesn't know how to use a private message. <laughs> so. Uh, not only did he post to his own, uh, he seemed to have a very strong affinity for grabbing and kicking other people on the court. So what happened uh, this past Monday um, came out through, I believe, Sports Illustrated, it seems that during the end of Monday's game uh, that went to overtime with the Warriors, Draymond Green pulled down the last rebound at the end of the fourth quarter, and Kevin Durant on video was sitting there clapping at the ball like, dude, I am the second most lethal scorer in NBA history. Give me the motherfucking ball. And, and Draymond Green decided it would be best if he just dribbled the ball all the way up the court, tried to lay it in. It didn't even get a shot off. He just got stripped. And so Kevin Durant got in his face. And what happened was after the game, it turns out that Draymond took that personally and attacked Durant uh, about the way he joined a 73-win team, the way he quit on the on his team and slipped out in the middle of the night without telling anybody. Um, basically it was reported that quote, Draymond Green repeatedly called Kevin Durant a bitch in the locker room, which is obviously something that I've been doing for four years now. So Draymond 
my, you know, I support you, Draymond, uh, but you can't do that to your teammate, bro. Um, it was bad enough that the suspension for the last two games that Draymond Green, Draymond Green had did not come from the NBA. It did not come from Warriors brass. It came from the other players in the locker room. That was a player-imposed two-game suspension. And you know what that tells me? That tells me that players in that locker room are afraid that Kevin Durant is so fragile, you know, sensitive and hurt that he's not gonna, he's not going to sign with them next year. He's not going to okay, resign. So, what do you do if you're the Warriors at this point? Do you keep Kevin Durant? You th- you throw Graymon Green under the bus. You you know. Mm-hmm. You do whatever it takes. If, if Kevin Durant wants you to deport Draymond Green's family, you deport his family. Because when the second most lethal scorer in NBA history wants to play for your team, you clear out. Nobody else matters. Hey. They're irrelevant. You do what hey. you can to keep them. You can't. You can't tell. You can't tell people that the Warriors can deport Draymond Green's family. It's a little, little tone deaf. It's true, but um, you get the overall point I'm trying to make. You know, if you want to blackball Draymond Green from the NBA to keep Kevin Durant, you do it. Kevin Durant is infinitely more valuable than Draymond Green can ever hope to be. There have been a hundred Draymond Greens in NBA history. There's never been another Kevin Durant. I feel like Kevin Durant has proven that he's not really loyal. Okay, so what if you get rid of Draymond Green and then Kevin Durant, because he's so fragile, is still like, eh, I don't want to. Then what? It's worth it. It's worth the ceiling that Kevin Durant... Basketball is the one sport that you punt on for sure things to take the chance on that all-time great superstar. More so than any other sport. Because that all you need is that one guy. That one guy can take you to the promised land. Yeah, in basketball. I think they did just fine before Kevin Durant got there, to be completely honest. However, let's talk about something that makes you a little bit happier because Draymond Green and Kevin Durant do not make you happy in one at all. Any stretch of the imagination. Um, uh, the thought of them breaking up makes I, me happy. I understand that. I mean, you can gloat about the fact that your Rockets won tonight, but I think we both know that your Rockets still got a long road ahead of them if they want to win an NBA Finals, my friend. You know what? I am optimistic with the Rocket situation because they started the year terrible. I mean, they're still not great. But since we got Jeff uh, Bezelik back, our defensive coordinator, um, the Rockets have had a winning record. And since Carmelo Anthony stopped playing four games ago. We are four and zero oh, with an average margin of victory of thirty there you points. Go. So the whole problem was Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony is definitely a parasite on the team. Not just our team, not just the Rockets, but the Knicks, the Nuggets. Every team that Carmelo Anthony has left has ended up doing better, and I don't think that is a coincidence at this point. 
And so I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to see he left. The fact that we even signed him in the first place, I think makes me, I've never questioned Daryl, Daryl Morey before the Rockets GM, but with this Kate, uh, mellow signing, I was just, he, he plays basketball the opposite way. The Rockets want to play. So now that we got rid of him, I think we can settle back into Houston Rockets basketball. And good luck on your road to trying to win an NBA finals. I'll hey, we're still a couple of years. We're still the only team in the last three years, like since the Cavs beat the Warriors, uh, mm-hmm. that has taken more than a game from the Warriors in the playoff series. And That's we, great. Were, like, uh, we were, like, but clearly the Warriors are also trying to rest. Last year. You can't live off that injury, my friend. You, he wasn't there. You couldn't beat him. You couldn't beat the Warriors. The Warriors went on to you know, dominate in the finals. It is what it is. You just hate the Warriors. I'm sorry. To tell you. I'm sorry that I used the fact that the fourth best point guard in NBA history being injured is a is an excuse that we didn't do as well as we should have. You know what? Chris Paul should have been on the Lakers years ago. Basketball he shouldn't have even gotten a whiff of being on Houston. David Stern's greatest career move was shafting the Lakers, and I will always love him for it. Even though now you root for the Lakers, actually no, because you root for LeBron. I have reconciled my feelings on that to the to the point where I will root for LeBron's individual success, but I don't want him to win any more titles if he's wearing those colors. Yeah, except you'll be the first person to celebrate if he wins the title. Not that he will, but you know. Hey, if KD leaves the the Lakers, are one of the top choices. Although I think Katie, you know, I don't care. You think Katie's going to go where? Knicks. I think, I think all the comments he's heard about how, Oh, you're not a man. You can't carry your own team. I think those really get to him personally and he's going to win his three titles with the Warriors and then head over. Okay. So question for you. And then we're going to cut it off here on this because you are literally so heated and all the recordings that we've done, your mic has never been so hot and like off the chart as it has been when you talk about this. Kevin Durant is clearly not a mentally tough player. I think that's a big part of his game that's missing. He lets comments affect him. You know, he obviously um, really cares what other people think about him, seeing as how he has multiple burner accounts on Twitter and social media. So how close to LeBron James in terms of greatness does Kevin Durant get if he had kind of that switch in his brain where he was mentally capable of handling adversity so the way that the greats in that do? Vein, in that vein? I put three players. I put um, Kevin Durant. I put Shaq. And I put a young, healthy Grant Hill. Those three players have the most physical talent I've ever seen in basketball. If they had the mindset for it, they would be the greatest players in NBA history. Kevin Durant moves like a point guard. He handles the ball like a point guard. He passes like a point guard. He shoots the ball like a sniper. And he's as tall. He's a legit seven foot one. That's unguardable if he had the right mindset. So what you're saying is Kevin Durant would be better than LeBron if he had the right mindset. Yes. 
All right. Well, on that note, let's shift our focus to the future of the NBA real quick. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I was looking at the scores today of NCAA and a couple of games stuck out. UConn upset Syracuse 83-76. Syracuse was ranked 15th. And Iowa upset Oregon 77-69. Oregon was ranked 13th. So beginning of the season, already a bunch of shakeups in basketball. Um, super excited for March Madness next year. Have you caught any of a Duke game yet? Yeah. That kid Zion. Crazy. Can you can can you just fathom that that dude is three hundred pounds? He's listed no, at two eighty five, but he's not he's not two eighty five. LeBron is two eighty five, and look how that guy's built. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I have I haven't been excited to watch Duke play basketball in a long time, and I'm excited to watch Duke play basketball this year, and I actually have an emotional investment in Michigan state. So do you know why you should be more excited? Because as good as Zion is, he is the second best player on that team. I know. It's crazy. I'm, I am not a huge Duke fan or UNC fan, but I am all Duke this season when it comes to that matchup. hundred percent. I just like the talent that they have on the court. I will always root for the one and done pros over the four year college senior. We'll have to dedicate a whole episode just to the NCAA, but if there's one area of sports that I have one of the biggest issues with, it's the NCAA and college basketball. I have a real issue with it, but... You know how um, the NBA is really revamping the G League to get all players coming out of high school, like the 120K deal to try and pull them away from college? The joke is, if you're paying them 120K... You gotta you gotta triple that to even get their attention away from college basketball. Just from yeah. all like the under the table deals. I promise you, those Duke guys are making more than 120k in benefits this year. Yeah. Well, and I can't blame them. Like Reggie Bush, no. he might have vacated all of USC's wins. But if you Reggie Bush, what has USC ever done for you? You take what you can get. And you take care of yourself and get out of there. Because the NCAA doesn't care about you as a player, as a person. They just care about their institutions. They don't. And NCAA You should use them as hard as they use you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I have a lot more feelings on the NCAA and how it affects different sports and everything. So that's why I would want to dedicate a full episode to that. But I think we can just leave it as you and I agree on, especially college basketball players. Um they get shafted when it comes to the NCAA and their earning potential for the future. And I'm all for one and done players in college basketball. Definitely. If you have the talent, don't waste your time there. Get out, go make money. You're only, you're only physically capable of doing things like that for so long. You got to capitalize on your window in your, you know, time of opportunity. So absolutely that before you get any more heated. Well, I mean, since we're talking about things that are sad in basketball, um, I know you saw it because you sent me the clip of uh, Neka Ogumike, who Ogumike had some thoughts about. She, she got asked a question um, from a male fan about 
you know, women's basketball potentially lowering the rims to nine feet to create dunks and create quote unquote more exciting basketball. And I'll let you jump into it, but I thought she answered it in a very tactful and just stunning way, to be honest. Neka Ogumake has been somebody I've looked up to since I was in high school. I will never forget watching her play for Stanford live in person and just following her and her sister and that whole Stanford team um, all throughout high school and well into college. I mean, I'm not going to say it's because she went to Stanford, but she's so eloquent when she speaks. I mean, the way that she explained what a lot of WNBA fans and what a lot of WNBA WNBA players feel on that topic was crazy. We threw it up on our Instagram. We reposted it from ESPNW. Um, We reposted it from Neko Gumake's Instagram profile. If you haven't seen it, go take a look. The way that she explains how disrespectful it is to ask that question to a WNBA player blew my mind. And I have to agree. So what she said was, it's so disrespectful to us as players because what you're saying is what we're doing isn't good enough. So you want me to change how I play the game when I've accomplished more than all of these other people. She didn't say that exactly, but I'm saying it in this sport and they don't understand. So I should change and relearn the game of basketball to appease the haters is what you're asking with this question. I, I, I mean, can't it's, even it, phrase what she said as eloquently, to be honest. I feel like I no, just butchered I, I, what I, she said. I, I, I can't either. But I think it even goes to a more like basic level than that. Like, why do we play sports? Why do we play basketball? She, she plays basketball the same reason LeBron James plays basketball. It's the same reason I play basketball. The same reason my four-year-old cousin plays basketball. Everybody plays basketball because the sport brings them joy. You know, you love the game. You love the sound of the ball dribbling. You, you love the sound of the squeaking shoes on defense. How, you know, the, it sounds when the ball takes off the rim. You do it because you love it. And asking them to lower the rims is basically saying, you play basketball for our entertainment, not because you love it. So change what you do for our entertainment. And the fact that she could answer that without standing up and yelling obscenities at him is, is incredible. I would not have been able to sit there and take that question. Well, she even said when she answered the question, she said, I'm not trying to attack you personally, but this question And obviously, guys, I'm paraphrasing what she said. I'm not kidding. I could not. I don't even think I could speak that eloquently about my senior thesis. And I wrote it. Um, She told the guy who asked the question, we I'm glad you asked this question because it's brought up to us a lot. And I just want to help you understand why that's one of the most disrespectful questions you can ask a WNBA player. And I'm not trying to clown you or single you out, but you're the one who brought this question forward. So now I'm going to explain and hopefully help you understand where we're coming from. For a change to be affected in the WNBA, 
on their CBA negotiations for marketing of the players for telling their stories. I'm glad that Neka Ogumake is one of the players who's leading that charge. She's well-spoken. She's very intelligent. She's got a great basketball IQ. She's a phenomenal player. She's been killing it since she was in high school. She killed it at Stanford. She comes from a great basketball family. I mean, it's, it's genetic for them. Her sister also plays in the WNBA, and they have another sister, uh, I believe, who played or plays at Rice. I think she's somebody who can really affect change in women's sports in the WNBA. So I'm just really excited about this moving forward. And the next person who asked this question, I just show them this video clip. I mean, there's nothing more that needs to be said on it in terms of why this is a stupid question. It, it was covered. Guys, no, no, people in the back. nobody does. Nobody plays these sports. Nobody dedicated their lives to what they do to entertain people. As much as you might think that they do what they do to entertain you, they do what they do because they love it. They love the grind. They love the competition. It makes them happy. This is their escape from reality. And to make it about you is just absolutely. I, I don't think there's a word strong enough that I can say. I think there is. It's just maybe not a word that we want to use. <laughs> I think people who get mad, it comes back to this gratefulness, especially because female athletes, especially at the highest level, are told they should be grateful for what they have. So one of the questions I f or one of the reasons I feel these questions are asked are it comes from this place of like, why are you complaining? You should be grateful. You should be grateful you get to play this sport. You should be grateful you get to make a living playing the sport believe me i would come at i don't like i'm frustrated with you know having two degrees in my and being in the regular workforce right i don't like when people tell me but you have you should be grateful that you you know have these opportunities because you have diplomas blah 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 oh you mean it's you should be grateful thing. that you worked your ass off for it <laughs> exactly they're going to do something. Those those are going to do something for you. Long. It's like, no, 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 no. Don't tell me I should be grateful or I should be happy because I'm here. You know, if if my hands are very far apart and, I, you know, I'm somewhere towards the middle slash bottom half and I want to be at the very top. Don't tell me I should be happy because I'm here and I'm making money or or whatever. If I want to be up here, if I'm going to be at the top of my game, if I want to be thriving and, you know, successful and happy and and if i want it all don't tell me i should be grateful because i'm better off than other people and you yeah, really, I understand these people, I'm blessed, like, I'm really, lucky. these people like they don't get like even though they want better treatment that doesn't mean they're not grateful every single one of them exactly. is grateful that they get to do what they love as they're living but they should Just also because, be able to fight for what they deserve just like exactly. a male player would, just like a doctor would, just like a lawyer would, just like we fight for teachers to get more. That same fight can be applied to female athletes, to WNBA athletes, to NWSL athletes. It's not it's not removed from the equation because they're athletes. If anything, their I mean, fight sounds, is it, harder. It sounds you to me to like certain people are incapable of being grateful yet still striving for more. And that's kind of sad. 
I think that if you're not always striving to be better, if you're not always striving for more, you're complacent and complacency breeds laziness and And laziness is yes. Laziness and mediocrity are not going to propel any kind of innovation forward are not going to propel any kind of greatness. You're going to be stuck. You're going to be stagnant and you're going to be miserable. And that's who these people are, to be honest, the people who are bitching and moaning they're unhappy with something going on in their lives. So I think instead of asking these players why they aren't grateful, you should be asking yourself what you're not doing to make yourself happy. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. It's my new favorite phrase. I think that is the last topic that needs me to stay this heated so I can settle down a little bit. Well, let's bring a little bit of positivity back into the pod. Um, I just want to give a shout out to coach uh, C. Vivian Stringer because she just became the sixth, the sixth coach in division one college basketball, women's college basketball to reach a thousand wins. So now she's up there with um, Gina Oriema, Tara Vanderveer, Pat Summit. There's two more. I'm sorry. I don't have the names off the top of my head, but that's some pretty great company to be in. And then I believe she's also the first African-American coach in college basketball to reach a thousand wins. So this is more just an applause to her head coach at Rutgers. Um, I know she's a role model to a lot of coaches in women's college basketball. So kudos to you. Uh, just to give a little bit of perspective on it. Um, think about this. The average college season is about 35 games. So if she has a thousand wins, just do that fucking math. How much has she won and how consistently has she done it? That's in- incredible. Yeah. That's 30, that's 30 years straight winning. Straight winning for and 30 to be years. to up there with Pat Summit and Tara Vanderveer in the women's college basketball game, that's some big company to you know to be up with so kudos to you coach stringer for all your accomplishments over at rutgers it's well deserved shout out carly lloyd rutgers yeah don't think i didn't miss that (laughs) i see you i see you throwing a little soccer love in there hey carly (laughs) what up girl (laughs) oh man carly freaking lloyd all right, Nemo, you want to uh, fill me in what's going on in the world of fighting? Yeah, because I know you're super stoked about it. So, you know, Mr. I'm I'm super excited that Floyd's trying to get his money. Floyd bitched out. I'm going to tell you straight up. Floyd went over to Japan. Media blew up. He, he didn't like it. He didn't like what he could control. So he bitched out and called off the fight at the end of the year. So uh, first pod we dropped, we talked about Floyd Mayweather and what he would possibly be fighting. He's not fighting. Floyd, stay retired. Greatest boxer of all time. Just keep it. Keep your 50 wins right off into the sunset. You don't need anything else. All right. I mean, everybody keeps a couple more million. Yeah, well, you know, I'm sure he can figure out how to make it without stepping into the ring. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he can't make more money. I'm just saying the last place you want to go try and make money is in a kickboxing or MMA fight. Yeah. I do think though it's interesting because as much Floyd, I think is the one athlete that I'm a fan of that I would still be totally happy to see him get his ass kicked. That's because he's a terrible person. 
Yeah. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather is like the scum of the earth. That's why so I kind of that's, that's why I was rooting for him to fight in MMA. I was like, dude, it's either gonna be a win for you, which would shock the world, or you get to we get to like see your face beaten in, and that's a win win for all of us. <laughs> I had a professor who had the best statement. Um, she was a crim law professor, and she used to say, "Look, the laws that we have in place, criminal laws we have in place to run this country." It's just like a basic floor of existence. If you can stay above that line, it doesn't mean you're a good person. So when you live below that line in terms of your moral compass, you're like, here's the ground. Here's the dirt. Here's the shit in the ground. Here's another layer of dirt. And then you're underneath that layer. I like the way your professor thinks. That's just like when old people tell you <laughs> that you have to respect them because they're your elders. Like, congratulations. You have uh, not died for 45 years. That's such an accomplishment. I mean, let's not <laughs> let's leave it at that. Let's not go too far into that. But there's <laughs> there's two UFC fight cards, uh, pay-per-views left on the year. And I wanted to bring attention to them because there's some really fantastic fights on these cards. The first one is UFC 231. Uh, headlining fight is Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega. I am so stoked for this fight. I'm a fan of both of them to the point where I don't know who I want to win. I don't I think recognize really either cool name. Yeah, because you're not, you don't care about fighting. But believe me, like Holloway is a name to know. Brian Ortega is a name to know. You'd like Brian Ortega um, if you watched him fight. It would be cool to see Brian Ortega win because he's young and he's hungry and he has a really good story. Um, but Max is great too. The only thing here, the, the real big deciding factor in this fight for me is a win for Max Holloway does nothing to get a rematch with Conor McGregor. So since Conor can't make 145 and Conor, I don't even know what the guy wants to do. You know, he's not, do you think we're going to see him fight again of all time? I don't think we're going to see him fight again. I think he's, I think he's, he's going to pull, he's going to pull the Ronda Rousey and just disappear. No, he's already asked. He's already asked for another fight. He'll fight again. He's mentally tougher than Ronda is or was. He's just not one of the greatest of all times because he hasn't defended a belt and he's lost to two 155ers. So all the people out there who say, well, Nate's a 170 pound fighter. No, he's not. He's fought at 155 pretty much his entire career. His brother, Nick, is a welterweight at 170. So you can come at me in the comments about that, but I will wreck you and destroy you over it next the next one uh, on yeah, that card yeah, is uh, like Valentina said, Shevchenko. Go with Nemo, not me. Go with Nemo, not me on this one because I don't know shit. Yeah, come at me. I'll I'll go <laughs> all day with you. Trust me. The next fight on this card, um, it's another title fight. Valentina Shevchenko versus Joanna Janjacek, otherwise known as Joanna Champion. She's not a champion anymore, though, so you got to go by JJ. Shevchenko has beaten Janjacek in previous kickboxing fights. Shevchenko is the bigger fighter. She's coming down from 135 to fight for the 125 title. Joanna is coming up from 115. Joanna's a natural 125er, but she's still small in comparison. I think it's going to come down to the strength and skill on the ground. I'll break that fight down when we're much closer. Again, that fight is December 8th, but you're sleeping if you're not checking that fight. They call Joanna the surgeon for a reason, and Valentina is beautiful violence embodied in a human. I love it. That's going to be a blockbuster fight. You don't want to miss it. The next fight on that card that you don't want to sleep on is Claudia Gadella versus uh, Nina Ansaroff. Honestly, I think Claudia is going to have her way with Nina as long as she doesn't get tighter. 
tired. Um, this is going to be Claudia all the way, KO or TKO. Uh, you might want to peep Gunnar Nelson versus um, Charles Oliveira. Both great strikers. Nelson's great on the ground. Not a fight you want to miss. Let's fast forward to the end of the year card. Um, New Year's card is UFC 232. Jones versus Alexander Gustafson. So John Jones is back. He's back from suspension. He's fighting Alexander Gustafson. Speaking Alexander of Gustafson is by far. Yeah, dude. For you to hit a pregnant woman and then run and then go back to the car, get your drug paraphernalia and then run again. You're just not a good dude, man. Like you've got some problems. I'm not a John Jones fan. Uh, but like Harry with Floyd, I can just I can admit that John Jones is the greatest UFC fighter that they've had. You know, he's done recreational drugs. That's what he gets popped for. Yeah, he's and not even the best athlete so, in his own so, family. Nope, he's not. But the way he fights, his his awkward style, his his length, and he's just he's really good at 205 and he's got this mystique about him. He's never been beaten. Alexander Gustafson took him the furthest in their first fight, but John Jones was doing cocaine and partying that whole camp. So who knows? Uh my heart says Alexander Gustafson, my head says John Jones. I'll break that down later. Biggest fight on that card for me, Chris Cyborg versus Amanda Nunez. It's a super fight. Chris Cyborg's the 145 champion. Amanda Nunez is the 135 champion. Cyborg's clearly a heavy favorite, but Nunez has a chance to take that fight. And This is actually one that I am watching the lines on because you told me about how Nunez is an underdog that has a shot. So I'm watching those Vegas lines, see if I can put some money down on it. To be honest, this is a fight where you put money on. If I'm going to pick a fight over the next two cards to make some money, it's Nunez versus Cyborg. She has the best chance to win. Honestly, that's what I would do if I had, you know, extra cash to to do that. Um, Other fight on this card that actually connects to that fight is Kat Zingano versus Megan Anderson. These two girls are on this card just in case something happens to Chris Cyborg or Amanda Nunez. One of them can kind of like jump in and fill that spot for the headline. Um they'll end up fighting for whatever title if one of the other ladies drops out, but it'll be a test. Megan Anderson's coming over from Invicta. Um, she was the Invicta champion. She was supposed to fight Cyborg, but that fight hasn't materialized yet. So now she's fighting Kat Zingano. My money's on Kat Zingano, but it'll be a good test for Megan Anderson. Um, I just don't see Anderson having the tools in her arsenal to beat Kat Zingano on this one. And Kat Zingano is a fighter who's been through a lot in her life, personally and professionally. Um, she was getting beat down by Misha Tate and then came back in the third round to just demolish Misha Tate and finish her off um, in the third round to win that fight and win her chance to fight Ronda Rousey before she tore her ACL. So if you want to maybe make some extra money, I would go with uh, Nunez over Cyborg on the upset, put some money on Kat Zingano and... Maybe uh, parlay with uh, Gustafson over Jones. Other than that, that's the MMA roundup from me uh, for the day. I'm definitely going to need you to give me more deets as the fights get closer because I'll probably end up watching them and know nothing about them. So you're going to have to tell me everything I need to know. What happens when we watch fights? Because we do actually watch things together other than soccer, believe it or not point for me for including soccer into this podcast um what'll happen is <laughs> i'll get a text from harry and i'll be like who are we rooting for in this fight 
And then I'll break it down for him. He's like, I don't like that guy's shorts. I'm rooting for the other guy. <laughs> so that's that's how this thing breaks down. Um, but once we're like right up against those fights, I'll I'll try and do a little bit more of like an in-depth breakdown of the really big fights on that card. Uh, just for the people who are interested in that. Uh, sounds very interesting for those of you that don't like basketball, because we all know basketball starts at Christmas. If you, if you're not, if you're not watching basketball on Christmas day, I don't know what you're doing. Like basketball is a Christmas holiday. Yeah. Harry's just trying to throw shade, but believe me, like these fights aren't going to interfere with your basketball watching schedule. And I know that because Harry's going to be watching them. So. And actually, no joke, it'll be interesting, Harry, when you're over in Switzerland, because uh, Alexander Gustafsson is Swedish and he's a big deal over in Europe. So I'm kind of interested to see, like, if there's um, as much of a warm reception for him in Europe outside of just Sweden. I will have to, you know, feel out. Actually, it's one of the things I want to do when I get over in Switzerland is uh, feel out the sports landscape, I think, which means... um, Definitely watching games like out at a pub or something like soccer games versus American football games. Like I'm actually excited to watch the Super Bowl out with people in Europe just to exactly just see the, how the vibe of that is out there. Um, you know, so I think it'll be sports are very closely tied to the culture of the world. And I am very interested to, to see how that changes in a new place. I can't wait for you to come and report back, especially because I know you're going to be so exposed to soccer and I've already gotten you to pay more attention to soccer than football. So I just can't wait to see what happens when you go over to Europe. I'm gonna be well, so I mean, excited. I've been obviously following women's soccer, but uh, it's look it's looking more and more like I'm going to need to decide on a soccer team. I, I, I'm going to need my own team when I get out there because, you know, right now I don't have one and I can't exactly be a you know, Houston Dash fan out in Switzerland. I mean, I can, oh, but like can. not solely that team. Yeah. I need a local team as well. So. And it's not PSG. Right, I mean, there's just a little problem with the fact that Tobes played for PSG and Lindsey Horan played for PSG. So just on the women's side of things, it's kind of hard to not root for them, but you don't really like Neymar, so I can see why you wouldn't like PSG. But I feel like Mbappe is, is a guy Mbappe's you my like. boy. Mbappe, Mbappe so is he plays for PSG. Russell Westbrook of soccer. He is the Russell Westbrook of soccer. And who does he play for? Uh, you just told me he plays for PSG. I know. Okay, so he <laughs> plays for PSG, so maybe you might want to root for PSG. Uh, you, TBD. All right, we'll keep you updated on uh, Harry's conflicting emotions. Guys, also, just uh, for our listeners, I can be bought. My loyalty can be bought. So if you want me to support your team, I'm accepting of any jerseys you have to send. Harry doesn't even like soccer. If you're going to send jerseys, you might want to send them to me. Rude. Why you got to try and swoop in like that, man? Hey, I'm I'm just saying my fandom, my fandom's up for sale right now. Oh, my God. You're ridiculous, Harry. (laughs) Ridiculous. I don't understand you sometimes. 
Oh man, that actually, that voice reminds me of some of the voices I heard because guess who saw a private pre-screening of Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald? I hate you. Oh my God, it was so awesome. Greatest day ever. Um, Seriously. Guys, this, this movie was incredible. Um, really watching it, I did not realize how much in J.K. Rowling's older, like I say older, but I mean the original series, the Harry Potter series, how much that she was planning for this as she was writing those. There's little nuggets through all the books, all the stories, all the movies, literally building up the world for this one. It, it was something incredible. Um, I would say my only gripe with the movie is Johnny Depp. Don't get me wrong. I love Johnny Depp, but we needed Gellert Grindelwald is supposed to be a incredibly handsome and charming and, um, just, you know, he's supposed to be enthralling to a room of people. And I think Johnny Depp just did not capture that in this movie. Um, we needed 2001, a Pirates of the Caribbean, Jack Sparrow, Johnny Depp. That Johnny Depp would have been perfect for this role. He just didn't have that magic, I think, 18 years later. I think that they, Johnny Depp might have gotten the role because of his success with Pirates and just him being able to take on a role. Right. Mm. So if anybody could bring Grindelwald to, to life, maybe it's Johnny Depp. Um, but I also think he probably took the role because that was during the time where he was he's going through all this stuff with the Amber Heard. So, you know, it gives me conflicting feelings on him being in the movie, to be completely honest. So I don't know. I'm going to have to I don't know when I'm going to get to go see it, unfortunately. Um, got a lot of stuff. I'm competing this weekend. You should take your baby bro um, over Thanksgiving. Um, Cohen? Probably yes. not. Well, young. Nah, he uh, he is easily frightened. Mm. He's not there yet. <laughs> but well, uh, I'll, uh, I'll figure out a way to say it. Or more say into it, the movie, it. I think I mentioned to you earlier that Jude Law as Albus Dumbledore was gave you feelings? the best thing. The best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Like I, po- I've I've always had a man crush on Jude Law, but Jude Law as Dumbledore was like, bro, like just stop. You'd marry him, yeah. <laughs> now you know how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. I know you just wanted to rub it in my face that you got to see it mm-hmm. more than anything, and I'm super mad that you get to. So we haven't had new binge mode all week, and the thing that they dropped is of course on the crimes of Grindelwald and I don't get to watch it because I haven't seen it. And you, as soon as we finish recording, get to go watch binge mode. And I'm super salty about Not it. Not just binge mode, but you want to be salty about one more thing. I guess what no. I'm seeing in what? like five hours. Uh, Creed what? two. Oh, seriously. Why do you hate me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. My grandfather's friend owns a movie theater over here and they have all the, all the screen screenings already. So we can just hop in there. I definitely just have feelings about Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. 
<laughs> I can't wait to see him fight Drago Jr. I'm so hyped for that. I hope. I hope it's everything I imagine it to be. I mean, the fight scenes in the first one were incredible, especially that that second to last fight where it was like three minutes of a single shot. Just absolutely incredible. Oh, the first Creed was great. But, you know, sometimes they can't help themselves and they just screw up sequels. So I'm trying not to get my hopes up. I'm trying to go in with no expectations. Um, it's like when I was super excited to see Southpaw and that movie is just super depressing. Still really liked it, but it's just super depressing. Uh, I liked, I liked the fighting in it, but literally every scene in that movie, you could predict that was what was going to happen right before it happened. It was like, it was very, it was very lazy writing. Yeah. But we know how much you love Jake Gyllenhaal. I'll let you have it. You don't. I know. Again, another conflicting feeling because I'm such a Taylor Swift stan. It's not even funny. All right. We need to move on from this before we go way too deep into a debate I do not want to have on this podcast (laughs) because that is not what this podcast is about. So I'm going to just chop it off right there. Um, Exciting news coming up. Uh, Nemo is going to an NBA game. Yes, I am. I look at going to any sporting event these days as um a business expense (laughs) no but uh it's true i do um but some friends of mine from the gym are catching a game on monday um we live pretty close to sacramento so we're gonna go watch the kings play and i really liked watching darren fox uh when he played in college and so i'm excited that i get to go see him play in person i will be I am actually expecting to hear your full review on, I'm going to give you a list of a couple of people to watch and I'm going to need your full review on them after the game. I am going to be Instagram storing the adventure to the game. So um, if you want a little bit of behind the scenes content, feel free to follow us on at sports grounds podcast on Instagram. And you can go ahead and just catch me with the crew uh, catching and Sacramento Kings game. They're playing OKC and my boy JP shout out to JP. Cause he helps us um, with some music for the podcast. He is a huge Russell Westbrook fan. So Ugh, well, that might be where he's wrong. <laughs> All right. You know what you need to, you need to lay off my boy JP. Okay. <laughs> you guys need to just bond over your love of basketball and how much talking about it. That and Kanye, you two oh, no, just I, drive I, I me crazy. I totally know that the reason you and I were brought together was so I can be friends with JP. Yeah, it really was at the end of the day. So, uh, JP, I know you're listening, bud. So there you go. I just, you know, set you up on your next relationship. So you're welcome. <laughs> um, what other big news do we have to cover? Uh, I saw that uh, I you mentioned earlier to me that the NWSLPA is – it seems to not be legally recognized by the NWSL. Um, do you have any more information on that? Um, no, we'll just touch on it real quick. So for those of you who don't know, the NWSL has recognized the NWSLPA as a legal union. So uh, normally that happens through petitioning the labor board and kind of like more of an arduous process. So for them to just go ahead and recognize it, really just speaks volumes to how they're committed to growing the game and growing the sport and just working with the players. 
So that's really the big takeaway from that. Um, we'll keep you updated as more news comes. Just shout out to uh, Yale Averbush, who has done, she is coming back from injury, so you didn't see her on the field this year, um, but she's done so much work behind the scenes as far as fighting for players' rights and just doing work kind of on the back end, things that kind of go unnoticed and underappreciated. So shout out to uh, Avery Bush for all of her hard work. Well, I think we we shouldn't understate, even though we're not diving into it right now, we shouldn't understate how big of a deal this is because the relationship between CBA dictates, I think, the, 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 traje- the trajectory of the league. Because um, look at how it does. Look at how the NFL is going because of the lack of power balance between the CBA. I mean, between the players' union and the NFL. Versus, look at how the baseball, you know, union and league, and then the NBA union league. The relationships they have, the the the, the near fifty fifty power split those two have. So the. The way the CBA is going to work out between the NWSLPA and the NWSL, I think, is the single biggest determining factor in the success of this league. Yes, but I just want to, while we're talking about CBAs, I want to make sure that it's very clear. So the CBA that the NWSL and the NWSLPA are going to negotiate are for players who who sign standard player contracts. So those are not the U.S. women's national team players who are allocated. So people like Alex Morgan, Kristen Press, Carly Lloyd, Tobin Heath, Megan Rapinoe, they are bound by the collective bargaining agreement that they have with U.S. soccer. This is for, this affects um, international players who come over who sign standard player agreements. So that affects Canadian allocated players. So what happens for Canada is they sign standard player agreements, they get a salary, and then Canada soccer pays those salaries instead of the team. That's how that works. It's different than our national team and our national team CBA. So this is going to hopefully create a better relationship and foster more talent and more growth within the players that you're seeing when the national team players are on leave, you know, for World Cups, for Olympics. That's what that means. So. Just and if that's of- incredibly complicated to you, don't worry. This is something we're going to dive deeper into as um, you know we move closer into a World Cup year and more NWSL and soccer becomes more prominent. Um, this is still something that I asked Nemo to explain to me about once a month. So, you know, I'm right there too. Uh, if there's one thing I geek out over, it's all this fun legal stuff when it comes to sports. But I think that wraps up uh, our sports news for the week. There's one last there's well, there's two shout outs that I want to give out before we finish off with our discussion of the day. First of all, shout out to ESPN. They've been killing it with the Harry Potter and Space Jam historic sports moments references on Twitter. Can 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 you I fill me on this that. on this Harry Potter sports moments reference? Because I don't so, I'm not exactly on yeah, Twitter. So, so, gosh, Harry, we're trying to build a podcast and you can't handle your social media presence like a boss. Like, do you expect us to take over the world and build this empire if you can't handle Twitter? I'll learn to tweet. So basically, what Twitter or what Twitter, what ESPN is doing is, you know how they have those tweets where it's like on this day, 
the U.S. Women's National Team won a World Cup, right? On this day, mm-hmm. um, whatever oh, historic okay. moment. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, so they have been posting tweets for the past couple of months. You sent me the post Quidditch tweets one. of like, on this day, yeah, Harry Potter caught the golden snitch. On this day, Victor Crumb caught the snitch, uh, for, but Ireland won the World Cup. The Quidditch World Cup. So today, actually, I because of the stupid algorithms on Twitter and Instagram, I'm not entirely confident it was today at this point, but they put um, on this day, Michael Jordan teamed up with the Looney Tunes to defeat the monsters. <laughs> the monsters. <laughs> Space Jam. Yes, the Monstars. <laughs> so I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, whoever's running that on ESPN because it's been it's been gold. I love checking my Twitter and seeing these Harry Potter references, especially um, in case you guys didn't know, Harry and I are huge Harry Potter fans. I know we touched on that in the third episode, but just it may it or may not be my nickname, you know. Maybe. I mean, we only dove into it on the <laughs> episode titled Harry Nemo. <laughs> the other shout out I want to give is to my friend Alex. Alex is an amazing artist and she has worked so hard to deliver some of the best art I've ever seen. And that's our art for this podcast. So by the time this podcast is released, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the release um, with our new cover art. So now you'll get to see Harry and Nemo at their finest. Um, So just shout out to Alex. Absolutely blown away when I saw it. I was like, no way. Like, I do not look that good. (laughs) But no, for real. Like (laughs) The artwork is incredible. And Alex really, really does a solid. And we really appreciate it, guys. Check out her Instagram. uh, Nemo, you might we'll have to link it in the description. Yeah, we'll link it. But that her artwork is phenomenal. Alex is a champion. Um, you know, if there's stuff you guys want to see and sports ground stuff that you merch that you guys want to see in the future, let us know. And I know Alex would love to take some creative liberty and create some cool stuff for you guys. So drop us a comment on Instagram. I'm actually going to throw alex's profile up on our instagram so go ahead and give her a follow show her some love peep that artwork she's amazing she's fantastic alex we're forever in debt to you we appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts thank you so much both alex and all our listeners um we wouldn't be doing that without any of y'all support so please don't forget how grateful we are to all of you and how much we want to improve to bring you the sports news and takes that you really need in your life that you're going to learn that you can't live without. Absolutely. Harry, we got to stay consistent. So we got to dive into it. Discussion of the day. Uh, What do you have for the day, Nemo? Well, since we've just gotten this idea in our head that we're going to do this podcast and it's taken off ever since I thought it might be a good idea today to talk about balance. Are you trying to attack us personally? (laughs) 
No, I'm not trying to attack us personally, but I think it would be remiss if we didn't touch on it a little bit. Um, I mentioned last episode that one of my favorite quotes is champions don't have balance. I heard it watching a CrossFit documentary point to Nemo for mentioning CrossFit from Katrin David's daughter. She talks about how when you have the mindset of a champion and you're a champion, there's no balance in your life. All of your energy and focus is focused on that one area and being the absolute best you can be in that area. Harry and I seem to take this approach when we do stuff. Um, We like to go 120 miles an hour on something and sometimes we can burn out. So that's why I'm happy that I'm doing this with you, Harry, because you get to keep me accountable and keep me in check and tell me when I need to take a break and step away. Um, He's constantly yelling at me to go to sleep, turn the computer off. Stop listening to recordings of the pod to edit. Um, So I just thought it would be good for us to discuss maybe how we could cultivate some more balance in our lives these days and how not having balance affects us. Here's one thing we could do to get some balance is to listen to ourselves when we tell ourselves to do things. Because what seems to be very clear is that when you tell me to settle down and do and like chill, I'll listen to you. And when I tell you to slow down, you listen to me. But we don't listen to ourselves at all. Definitely not. We're the worst. I, I think of it as I'm really good at giving other people advice. Well, actually, I don't really know. I don't know if my advice is great at all. You tell me people I give advice to. But I can never take my own advice. My mother likes to explain it is I function in a tornado of chaos. and. It has to run its course. <laughs> That's how she explains my life. So. See, my mom, my, my mom puts it to my ego where basically she says, you won't listen to anybody you don't trust more than yourself. And so basically that base becomes like, if I'm telling myself the rest, I'm like, nah, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, that's a great documentary about Steve Aoki. I'll sleep when I dead. I'm dead, but I digress. Um, this whole concept of balance really hit me this week when I'm trying to get back in the gym to the level, to hitting the gym every day at the level of intensity that I had before I got sick. Um, I've been struggling just because I feel like I'm not sleeping as well. Um, And because I'm not sleeping as well, I'm not my like macros aren't as dialed in as they normally are. And it's just a snowball effect. It's just this constant one thing affects the other. And I've made jokes lately. I do this to myself. I brought this on myself. (laughs) You know, I wasn't busy enough. Now I got to throw the. Now I wanted to throw this podcast in. Um, So it's just something that I need to be more aware of. And that's maybe having some more balance in my life and realizing that we don't have to do everything at 120 miles an hour, maybe just coming under at 98 miles an hour is okay. And I'm struggling with that a bit because I don't like that. I think we both agree on the fact that whoever said patience is a virtue is just slow. Right. Yeah. We don't, we don't (laughs) work well with that virtue. No. Um, you know, because it's hard because this podcast is so exciting. There's so much potential. It's literally like there's unlimited doors opening of where we could take this. And we just want to jump. We want to do everything. We want to give you guys everything. 
we ha- we really need to slow down a bit and make sure we're also taking care of ourselves as we do it. Yeah, we're, you know, I end every podcast asking for feedback and telling us what you like and what you don't like and how we can grow and get better. And as I'm sitting here reflecting on what I could do, I realize I could create more balance in my life. And I think I talked about it a couple of episodes ago, doing everything with a purpose and determination and focus. And I need to take that advice, sprinkle in a little bit of balance. And when I'm at the gym, focus on being at the gym. When I'm potting, focusing on potting. I mean, not that I don't do that. It's not hard not to. When I'm at work, like focusing on work and not letting my my mind run a million miles a minute on all the things I can't control at the office. So just something I wanted to bring awareness to this week. And especially because you're leaving me here pretty soon. You're jumping on a plane. You're moving across the country. I'm losing my partner in crime. Across the um, world, you mean? Across the world. Yeah, man. I'm in such denial. I'm just I'm just <laughs> moving you, you know, back to back to the East Coast. But, you know, I know that you're having to balance doing this podcast, getting ready to go to Switzerland, you know, seeing your friends before you leave your friends, her own town, balancing that commitment you made to yourself about attending a meeting every single day. Which today, today was difficult, but you motivated me to go. Well, you motivated me is a strong word. You basically kicked my ass to go. That's true. If there's one thing that Harry and I do, it's we don't ever hold back any punches, um, which is why this friendship works. We're ribbing each other earlier about why are we friends? It's because we can always tell each other the truth and keep each other accountable. And I really appreciate that in our friendship here. Absolutely. And it's why this podcast is going to work, because as far as balance goes, um, we really trust each other to keep each other accountable. And we you know when you need to sleep and take care of yourself, there's slack I can pick up and vice versa. And we are doing this whole gambit ourselves. I mean, Harry does all the web-based stuff. Um, you know, we're working hard to, to get our own website up and running. So that way we have our own feed and everything for you guys. And we're working hard to, to learn audio engineering and sound quality and all of that good stuff. And we're still learning how to talk to you guys. Nemo, you have been absolutely killing it in that respect. I appreciate that, Harry, but I know I can always get better and I know I can always learn. So I'm trying. We're, uh, we're excited moving forward and we're excited for you guys to take this journey. So stick with us a little bit longer and I can, I will promise you greatness. I will promise you this. If there's one thing that Harry and I can accomplish, it's greatness, especially together. So stick on this ride with us. We appreciate you guys sticking with us and listening to us again. Tell us what you like, what you don't, what you want to see, what you don't want to see and how we can get better and grow. Just like that. I mean, we don't get better without you. So please be honest, be open. Um, don't hold back with us. Uh, we appreciate anything you have to say. Harry won't get mad at you when you give him feedback. No, I'll, I'll just uh, send you. Business I'll, meeting. I'll just send you screenshots. I'll just send screenshots of what you say to Nemo and laugh at you behind your back. And then I'll yell at him for being so <laughs> sensitive, like Kevin Durant. Guys, Can't handle the criticism. Uh, I probably uh, you don't know this, but I may or may not have a couple of burners around, so be careful. <laughs> he has one burner. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Troll City. 
<laughs> oh man. But I'm sure you can find it if you looked really hard. <laughs> it's not that cons- it's not that hidden. <laughs> All right, hey, well, as always, it's great getting to hang out with you. And yeah, uh, until thank next you time. for putting up with my ranting today. Um, I'll let you rant a little bit more next time I record. I'll, I'll let you have your fun. Actually, fun fact, preview for next episode, episode six. It's going to be Harry's 25th birthday. So uh, we're going to make sure that we record on that day and bring you guys along for the journey. Um, even though it's Harry's birthday and it should be about him, we're going to make it about me and, and soccer. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> Keep your eyes out. Hopefully uh, we'll be dropping that Monday morning. Hey, we'll that, that's Sunday. totally better than about me because we both know if it was about me, you'd just be telling embarrassing stuff about me. Oh, we can definitely, maybe oh, I no. can share the story about the, the nickname. Maybe <laughs> we can drop that one. Or more flaws, you know, I'll just pick on I'm you gonna, a little bit. It's your my birthday. Friend, if my friends find out my the nicknames you've had for me, I have to ghost everybody in my life. Well, you're doing that pretty much anyway. You're moving to Switzerland. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Maybe I'm moving because you ran me out of the country. I feel like your BFF hasn't listened to the episode where we discuss the nicknames because I haven't gotten any. I haven't gotten any offers yet, <laughs> and I know it's coming because that's good blackmail for the rest of your life. <laughs> well, on that uh, note, Nemo. I am happy we got to do this. Every time we do this, it's amazing. And we just want to keep getting better and better. So, you know, let's let's get right back at it. Yeah. You know, one day we'll figure out how we want to end these podcasts and it won't be so sloppy. So we appreciate that you <laughs> hang out with us until the very end. Peace. Peace. <laughs>